My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. What a great privilege to have Brother Victor Jackson with us here today, and I'm looking forward to hearing the Word of God. Brother Jackson, we love you here in Pensacola. We want you to come and preach to us. Can you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Praise God. Praise God. What an honor and privilege it is to have the opportunity to be back in Pensacola to break the bread of life with each and every one of you. Uh, we are excited to be here. Uh, my wife and son are going to be in the 11 o'clock service. Um, God has been doing some great things in these uh, unique times, and I've just been so amazed at the faithfulness and commitment uh, of the saints around the country uh, to God's presence and God's house, and I just give honor to you. What a commendable uh, crowd here this morning. Appreciate so much Pastor Kinsey and his wife and family. Uh, we love and appreciate them. Look up to them. Thankful for his steadfastness, this wonderful truth, this wonderful doctrine, his example. Uh, Brother Strobel and his wife and family. Uh, we're just excited to be a part of the Stafford and get to see Brother Herring. Uh, I was so surprised to see him here. He said, the baby's going to be due any day. I said, well, I got a story for you. Back in 2016 when I came, uh, I came one weekend, then I was about to come the next weekend, then Saturday on my way here when I was about to leave the house, she started having contractions and uh, we had to cancel. My wife was born the Sunday I was supposed to be in Pensacola. So I said, watch your phone, bro. You might get a text during service. Amen. Praise God. You just don't know. Amen. Appreciate him uh, and his impact on our movement and his voice. Love and appreciate him and uh, all the leadership here. Why don't we open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Uh, this wonderful uh, chorale and uh, musicians and singers is such a wonderful job uh, bringing in the presence of God. Um, shout out to the media team, what I've been calling the the, the heroes uh, over the last few months, given a hundred plus hours, hundreds of hours uh, into uh, the house of God, making sure things are just right. And I told someone, you never know when God's going to put your gift on display. And so you just got to give yourself to what God has given you. You never know when it's going to be an incredible strength to the body. Luke chapter 24 and verse 26. I'm just happy to see people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. You know, I was in my office preaching and I just got tired of seeing myself. I'd look, I'd put that camera up and I'd say before I record, I'd say, boy, I'm tired of looking at you. Praise the Lord, everybody. How are you doing? Amen. 
just got tired of seeing myself. Amen. It's good to be around people. Hallelujah. Luke 24, verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he said, at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Let's go to verse 35, last scripture. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. I want to preach on that subject this morning, the breaking of bread. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to speak in this house. Lift up those hands, close your eyes. Let's ask God to speak. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person that is here. I thank you for the hunger uh, that I feel here. I thank you for your spirit. Let the presence of God minister in a mighty way. Lord, in my flesh there dwells no good thing. Lord, we're asking you to have your way. It's not by might nor by power, but only by your spirit. Minister as only you can. Give me the thoughts to think and the words to say. Be quickened in people's hearts and minds and souls and spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? And can you just clap those hands a little bit louder and somebody just lift up your voice for a moment. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. yes. The breaking of bread. These two disciples were on the road to Emmaus, very discouraged after seeing their Savior nailed to that cross. They winced inside as they saw the nails be driven into his hands and driven into his feet as they watched hopelessly their dream die right in front of their eyes. And three days later, they are walking on the road to Emmaus, still distraught, still discouraged, still battling in their spirits with the question, how could this have happened to us, not just to us, but to him, and they were trying to process how tragedy could happen to someone that was so good, not just good, but perfect. And that is the 
battle that we fight in our minds. How could tragedy strike my family when we have been faithful? When I have been worshiping, when they ask me to clap, I clap. When they ask me to shout, I shouted. When they ask me to give, I gave. How could pain happen to faithful people that give their tithes, give their offering, been in church for decades? Why did it have to happen to my family? Why did it have to happen to my kids? And those are questions that every one of us will have to battle with. They were struggling in their minds, distraught, discouraged, no doubt angry at the things that it took place on that Good Friday as they watched the greatest tragedy happen to the greatest man. And as they were walking three days later with questions in their spirit and with doubts and concerns in their minds, the Bible says that they reasoned together and they communed together. And while they were questioning, while they were doubting, while they were fearful, the Bible says that Jesus himself drew near. That's going to make me preach for a little bit there. In the middle of questions, he still showed up. In the middle of doubts while they're battling with their faith, it did not prevent God from showing up in their situation. They, they did not have to be perfect for him to show up. Come on, somebody. They didn't have to have it all together for him to show up. But in the middle of doubts and fears and concerns, he still showed up. There are people that come to church and try to make sure that everybody knows that things are okay in their world. Uh, they make sure their tie is just right. They make sure they're dressing just right. They make sure they got the smile just right to try to convince us and God uh, that everything's okay because we think that's the only way to get an answer uh, is to appear like we have it all together. Uh, but if you only understood the power of being vulnerable in his presence the power of being transparent and when you say God I'm having questions I'm doubting I'm fearful God doesn't turn his back on you oh no he rides where you are and he says I got an answer oh somebody clap your hands to the Lord Hallelujah. If we will be real, if we will acknowledge those things that are fretting us, those things that are taking place in our lives, he will still show up. He doesn't have to, you don't have to have it all together for Jesus to show up. Your mistake cannot prevent his presence from coming where you are. Your past cannot prevent his presence from coming where you are. The chains of yesterday cannot stop your God from breaking them today. When you are willing to just open yourself to him, he will still show up. He is the comforter, the paraclete, the divine presence coming alongside to help you. When you fall, God doesn't stand above you and say, what's the matter with you? No. He comes right into your mess and he joins alongside you and he strengthens and walks with you. Come on, somebody. He will still show up. In the middle of questions, they are, he shows up. I'm so thankful that God isn't intimidated by questions. 
God doesn't perceive your questions as a challenge. <laughs> he uses questions to lead to discovery. He uses questions to lead to revelation. He uses questions to lead to him because he is the only answer. Answers not in the culture, the answers not in the world. He will use questions to provoke you into his presence. He's not intimidated by questions like we get intimidated by questions. You tell your child, go clean your room. And they come back and say, why? That's fighting words. Well, what did you say, boy? Uh, I said, why, mom? Come here. Let me talk to you. I'm about to show you why. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because we perceive questions as a challenge. But God doesn't interpret our questions that way. As a matter of fact, they did a study as they compared and contrasted the major differences and some similarities between humans and animals. And they realize that humans and animals have several major differences, but, but they said they do have some similarities. Some of the similarities are that humans adapt to their environment uh, in a similar way that animals do. Animals adapt to their environment in a similar way humans do. They said also that animals communicate with their own species in a similar way that humans do. But they say one of the greatest differences between a human and an animal is the ability to ask a question. So questions are a sign of your humanity. It's a sign of your distinction above every other species because nobody else has the privilege to ask a question. I said it's a privilege to have questions. Only God does with man and says, come let us reason together. I think that's why what made God speaking through the donkey so great. The miracle wasn't that God just spoke through the donkey. The miracle was what the donkey first said. His first words were, why are you hitting me? The miracle wasn't that God just spoke through the donkey. The miracle was that God reached into the donkey's mind, gave it human comprehension, human understanding, human wisdom. And if any animal could talk, the first thing they would say is why your dog would say why didn't you feed me more <laughs> but they don't have that privilege you have it and he drew near in the middle of questions he drew near in the middle of their frailties in the middle of their fears in the middle of their doubts in the middle of their humanity he still drew near and when he drew near they did not recognize his presence the bible says that their eyes were holding they could not see him for what he was and he came to them what are you sad? What are y'all talking about? They said, didn't you hear? Are you a stranger? They said, Jesus of Nazareth, he was a man of mighty word indeed. And he was taken by the chief priests and the, our rulers. And they've crucified him. And we had trusted he was the one that should have redeemed Israel. And, and beside all this today, 
is the third day since these things were done. They're like, look, it's not only bad. This is the third day. Jesus looking at them like, they could not perceive what he was doing in the present because they were so overwhelmed with the pain of their past. Who am I preaching to right now? They were so traumatized by what happened yesterday that they could not see what God was trying to do in their lives today. And you and I, we can get so overwhelmed what took place yesterday that we do not realize the potential that God has placed before us. Today. And we neglect, come on somebody, the baby of the future. Come on, Holy Ghost. Cleaving to the rags of yesterday. And come on, Holy Ghost. And when you draw attention to yesterday, you neglect today. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And that future is just waiting to be nourished with milk and with attention and with care and with warmth. But you have to be willing to open your eyes to today instead of being traumatized and filled with pain for yesterday. They could not perceive him. They were still holding on to the those nails and that good Friday they could not see what he was doing today and the Bible says that they went a little further they said look they went into his tomb and they didn't find his body yeah. and Jesus is like uh huh yeah tell me more <laughs> can't even see the the print in his hands. They can't even, they, they're too overwhelmed. They're too, they're too dazed with pain to recognize what he's doing. And then finally, he breaks out and says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh. They constrained him. They said, abide with us. They still couldn't recognize him. And the Bible says in verse 30 that he said it meet with them. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And after that, the Bible says their eyes were opened. And he was made known in the breaking of bread. They could not perceive who he was or what he was doing until he first allowed them to encounter brokenness. And brokenness was the path to understanding. Brokenness was the channel to revelation. 
They could not see him until he broke the bread. And once he allowed them to see brokenness, all of a sudden the scales came off of their eyes. And brokenness showed them a side of God that they had not seen before. They were fellowshipping with him but didn't recognize him. They sat down with him but couldn't see him. He said, I know what's going to get your attention. It's when you go through a season of brokenness. And brokenness is going to open up a window of heaven that nothing else could can I tell you that God is moving in your broken season can I tell you you're about to see a side of God you've never seen before and it's going to come right out of your pain it's going to come right out of your hurt come on out of the soil of brokenness there's a resurrection that's about to blossom you're about to see him in a way you've never seen can you clap your hands if you believe that I feel the Holy Ghost here Hallelujah. He sat down with them. They were talking to God. He, he sat down in fellowship with them. They still couldn't see him. He said, okay, you don't get it, do you? They're like, no. Okay, here it is. I got it. <laughs> because you couldn't see me. Even though you were fellowshipping with me. That's why I trust people with brokenness. Those who I decide to trust with revelation. Y'all not hearing me yet. I say you've been trusted with the broken season. Because God is moving in ways that you couldn't comprehend when you were whole. Come on Holy Ghost. But that brokenness is about to show. You're about to see God working behind the scenes what he's been doing. You're about to see him working behind the scenes in your family. You couldn't see it before but after you wept a little bit. After you cried a little bit. After you've gone through a series of questions come on somebody you're about to see the hand of God manifest itself and say this is what I've been doing this whole time oh lord hallelujah it's not fun but it was necessary to see him in his fullness it wasn't fun but it was necessary to get a glimpse of a place that they had never discovered in God their eyes were holding until there was brokenness they couldn't see it until there was a broken season whenever he opened up the text and he showed them from the law of Moses and the prophets and he showed them the first five books of the Bible as he showed him the Torah the Pentateuch I like to think that he took them back to the beginning and showed them that he always gets glory in the broken places he had to take him to Genesis. He had to, he had to take him to his creation of Adam and how he made Adam. Adam was made in the image of God. Adam was made blessed by God. Adam had a purpose from God. He was blessed. He had an assignment to till the garden. He was saved. He was in the image and blessed and had a purpose from God. Yet God looks at Adam and says, it's not good let man be alone he's in God's image he's blessed he has a purpose yet God says it's not good 
let man be alone. So God broke his body open. Broke the rib off of his body. Uh, and made a woman out of that rib. And the Bible says he that findeth a wife. Findeth a good thing. God said, I'm looking for goodness. But before you can experience goodness, you must first endure brokenness. Oh, God, I'm going to preach to somebody right now. He said, I'm looking for, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing, but the good thing's in you. I just got to break it to get out of you. Come on, somebody. Out of your brokenness, there's going to come some goodness. Out of your brokenness, there's going to come some. Uh, help me, Lord. It's not good that man be alone, so it's going to hurt Adam. This is going to be surgery. This is the first surgery in the Bible. I'm going to break you open. Don't worry. I put an anesthetic. I put you into a deep sleep, and out of that deep sleep, I'm going to break off the rib. No, that wasn't Play-Doh. It was bloody. It was a bloody rib, but God said it's going to hurt, but what I make out of your hurt, you're going to thank me for later. Come on, somebody, because I'm going to sew you up so good. Come on, Holy Ghost. Uh, and what I make out of your broken season. Y'all going y'all to throw me out of here this morning. Praise God. I hope I can make it to the 11 o'clock. Hallelujah. I got to preach to somebody right now. Out of his brokenness came forth goodness. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. Favor came forth out of brokenness. He named the woman Eve, mother of living. Life came forth out of brokenness. Adam and Eve had children. Fruitfulness came forth out of brokenness. God said, Adam, I can do more with you broken than I can do with you whole. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like how that feels. Uh, I know you're good with your charisma, your talent, uh, your ability, and all of your good things that you got. Uh, but I can get more out of your brokenness. Uh, I can get more out of you in a broken season. Uh, and I can change the world with a broken vessel. <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. I like to think that he took him to Adam and showed him how he gets glory out of the broken places. And I, I, could, I, could, go, I could go really uh, deep into all that, but okay, I'll just do it for a moment. Praise God. You convinced me. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for convincing me. Hallelujah. Amen. They, uh, you know, Moses, the Bible says he was a man of mighty in words and deeds in Egypt. He, he spoke well in Egypt. He had a gift of oratory in Egypt. And he was a man of mighty words and deeds. But Acts 7, Stephen preaching. Stephen says uh, that Moses killed that Egyptian supposing uh, that Israel might understand that by his hands he was their deliverer. Uh, but they understood it not. Uh, Moses killed that Egyptian in his own strength, supposing that the Israelites might rally behind him and he be their head general and they kill him in an army in a battle. But that's where Moses would get glorified. And God, Moses killed that Egyptian in his own strength. So God put Moses on the back end 
of a 40-year broken season. And God stripped Moses' oratory down to a... A stutter. And God says, now you're ready for me to get glory. Come on, somebody. He stripped down the hyperbole. He stripped down the metaphor and the simile. And he stripped them down to, ah, now I'm going to get glory. And I can do more with your stutter than I can do with your oratory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With your gifts, with your strength, you killed one. I can do more with your stutter. I can bring 10 plays with your stutter. I can split open the Red Sea with your stutter. I can give you the law of God with that stutter. I can give you a tabernacle plan with that stutter. I can give you a vision from heaven with that stutter. Because I know your brokenness is where I'm going to get glory. Hallelujah. Stripped down the hyperbole, the metaphor, the simile. Took away the comma, the exclamation point. Took away the semicolon. Took away the jot and the tittle and broke him down to a stutter. And God says, now you're ready. Because in your stutter, I have produced a dependency, listen, upon me, listen, and a dependency upon your brother. (laughs) See, if you can do it alone, you wouldn't need me and you wouldn't need the church. But I'm allowing the broken season to get you connected to your brother again. To get you connected to your sister again. To get you connected to the God of glory again. That it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We don't, I know, I know we like being independent. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> uh, but some of us can become so self-made that God will make us unmade. Some people think that a caterpillar, I'm trying to get to this. Praise God. I'm trying, I'll get to it. Praise God. Amen. Uh, some people think that a caterpillar, when it, goes in a cocoon, it just puts some wings on and comes out. Boy, I feel like preaching in here. No, that's not how it works. When a caterpillar enters the cocoon, the caterpillar releases enzymes out of its body, and it breaks its own body down to liquid. I feel like preaching. And the only thing left in that cocoon is the structure of the caterpillar. But the body of the caterpillar has been reduced to liquid. If you break open a cocoon, before it's time. Liquid is going to pour out. There is no body in there. But you know what happens in that broken season? All of a sudden, the body begins to build itself up again. And it becomes a butterfly. Come on. And out of that caterpillar's brokenness came a transformation. It didn't look like what it went through. It didn't look like what it endured. But God made something beautiful. Amen. Reduces down to liquid. And then it builds itself up again into what God created it to be. The difference between a caterpillar and a butterfly 
is a broken season. Can you handle being broken that you might fly the heights you've never gone to in your flesh? Come on, somebody. There's some wings coming on after this brokenness. Oh, Jesus. I said, there's some wings coming on out of this brokenness. The psalmist said, you better take with you the wings of the morning. I feel like preaching right now. Joy doesn't just come to the, in the morning, but there's some wings that come with joy. I feel like preaching right now. Some of you got joy. You're just missing your wings. Brokenness will give you some wings. Come on, somebody. Hey, I, hey come on, Holy Ghost. Uh, Genesis, Genesis 7, it details the flood. And when the flood came, my first thought was that the rain, the rain came from heaven. But when you look at the text in Genesis 7, 11, the rain didn't just come from heaven. Water didn't just come from heaven, but water also came from the bottom. For the Bible says in Genesis 7, 11, that the fountains of the deep were broken up and water didn't just come from the top but water shot up from the bottom see some of y'all been discouraged because you've been waiting for the rain of blessing to come from heaven but God's looking at your broken season and saying there's life-giving water that's going to come from the bottom. Come on, somebody. And right out of your brokenness, something's going to shoot up in the atmosphere. And And when the blessing of heaven meets the blessing of brokenness, there's a crescendo of impact. Help me, Holy Ghost. God is going to get glory. Am, am I helping somebody? Wave a hand. Wave a hand if I'm helping somebody here. Praise God. Somebody clap your hands for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The Bible says that Samson was walking and a young lion roared at him. Samson broke that lion in two. He rent the lion. And after he broke that lion open, there were some bees that were buzzing nearby. And those bees were looking for the perfect place to produce honey. And they decided that we're going to produce honey right in the middle of the lion's brokenness. We're going to produce honey in a spot no one thinks anything sweet could come forth from. We're going to produce honey in a spot we know we won't be bothered. Because nobody expects anything sweet to come out of a broken season. And those bees began to move in the lion's brokenness uh, and produced honey and out of brokenness came forth brokenness came for sweetness. Now this is interesting because it takes a lion's body, listen, 
about a month to fully decompose above the ground. Uh, but it takes a beehive or a bee's nest two to three months to completely deteriorate. Okay. Here it is. I'm about to dig this thing out of here. It takes a lion's body about a month to fully decompose. But it takes a beehive two to three months before it completely deteriorates. So that means long after the lion's body was gone, the honey that was produced out of the lion held on. And the sweet season lasted two to three times longer than the broken season. Who am I preaching to right now? You've been broken for six months. You better get ready for a year and a half of a sweet season that's coming. You've been broken for five years. You better get ready for a sweet season of 15 I wish somebody would clap if you believe that. I wish somebody would lift up your voice if you believe that. I wish somebody would shout unto God with the voice of triumph if you believe that. I said the sweet season is going to last longer than the broken season. I said the sweet season is going to last longer. That lion's brokenness didn't understand. It was produced out of his season. It would feed the chosen of God. It fed Samson. It didn't just feed the chosen. It fed the people of God. It fed Samson's family. What if I told you what you've been enduring was never even about you? It was that so you could come to church in the middle of your brokenness and start releasing honey. Come on, somebody. And honey can change the atmosphere. Honey can break yokes. Honey! Come on. It was so when you stumbled in here with your brokenness. Everywhere you walk, honey began to drip off of you. Come on, somebody. And it began to feed the hungry souls. What if I told you it was about this community being impacted by this church in a way that has never been impacted before? What if I told you you endured it so this state could be impacted like it's never been impacted before? What if I told you you endured it so this world could be impacted in a way. Oh, Lord. Amen. It was never about you. It was about everything that's connected to you. Y'all not hearing me. It was so you could endure it that honey might drip down to your daughter. Y'all not hearing me right now. And so whenever she goes through a storm, she's not battling depression like you did. Why? Because she's still reaping some honey from previous generations. Come on. They don't have to go through the neglect that you did. Why? Because you went through it for them. Now take you some honey, daughter. You're going to get through this. And when you come out of it, you're going to be better than you went in. And when you come out of it, you're going to come.
come on, that's why you went through it. If they didn't have some honey, come on, somebody. Whatever, can I tell you, your prodigal that hasn't been in church, can I preach to you for a while? You may think that the devil has them, but the only thing that's keeping them from dying is there's been some honey that's on their life, and the honey won't let the devil destroy them. The honey won't let, come on, y'all not hearing me out here. They may be on drugs. They may be on alcohol, but there's still some honey on him. And as long as there's honey, there's hope. I need somebody to lift up their hands. I need you to open up your mouth. I need you to give glory to God. Somebody needs to thank God for the honey. I feel something beginning to move in this place. I feel somebody feeling the hand of God. I feel honey beginning to be released. Hallelujah. Come on, honey's being released into emergency rooms right now. Honey's being released into the doctor's office. Honey's being released. Come on, somebody. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. You thought you were going through it for nothing. Oh, Jesus. But there may be some honey that you may not see to the capacity that your children are going to see. Y'all not hearing me out here. It was more than about you. It was more than about your season of fear and doubt and brokenness. It was so the next generation could be preserved. It was so the next generation could make it through the sleepless nights. Why? Because mommy and daddy, they endured some stuff in their lives. And they didn't allow it to break them. And now there's some honey that's being released for generation. That is lasting decades after decade after after decade. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. Uh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Come on, somebody needs to just throw their hands up right now. Come on, throw those hands up and close your eyes and ask the Lord to let the honey begin to flow. Let us get the first fruits of honey, Lord. Mm. Oh my.
Hallelujah. Let, let me move in the Holy Ghost. Huh. I'm about to move in the Holy Ghost to help somebody right now. Hmm. Mm. 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 Oh, Lord. Let me address this in the Holy Ghost. I want you to hear me for a moment. David and his brothers, David's brothers hated him. They were jealous of him because he had gotten anointed. They were jealous of him because God chose him. They were passed up and the anointing fell on him. And even when he goes to serve them in the battle, Eliab said, you have a naughty heart. What are you doing here? There was a family tension between David and his brothers. There was a family tension in that household. But whenever David went to the palace and Saul began to get jealous and Saul chased David into caves and particularly the cave of Abdullam, when David's brothers saw that the enemy was about to kill their brother, the Bible says in first in seconds in first Samuel 22, that David's brothers met him. Oh, God, there was a tension in the family. But when they saw their brother go into a cave of brokenness and that the enemy was about to destroy their brother, the Bible says that David's brothers and his father came to meet him in that cave. And David's broken season became a place, listen, of family reconciliation. Y'all not hearing me. It became a place of reconciliation because his brother said, you know, we may not like him. We may not like his personality. But once we see that the devil is trying to destroy him, we're going to put aside our grudges. We're going to put aside our bitterness. We're going to put aside the past, and we're going to come reconcile. And there's some people that will not, some people that will not be released out of the broken season until there's reconciliation and forgiveness. Your bitterness has held you hostage. I'm ministering to you in the Holy Ghost right now. I didn't even plan on, on going that route. But there's some people, no matter how much God breaks them, they refuse to let go of something a family did. Come on, somebody. Something someone in the church did. Huh? And it's taken your praise away. It's taken your joy away. I'm talking to you right now. And I, come on, Holy Ghost. And no matter how much honey goes from this pulpit or from the brother beside, there's honey you refuse because of bitterness. I'm ministering right now. And there's honey in this building that's trying to flow from somebody you don't like. 
And if you would receive it, that cancer would be gone. Y'all not hearing me. If you would receive it, come on somebody. Deliverance would come to your family. Do you want to hold on to the bitterness or do you want to receive some honey? Some people say, I don't want to receive a blessing if it comes from them. I'd rather die in bitterness than get delivered. And you don't realize, just like honey goes to generations, bitterness can go to generations. I didn't want to get on this. I didn't want to get on this. But you are passing some stuff down. You wonder why your daughter won't respond. You wonder why your, your son won't respond to preaching or want to come to the house of God because you don't talk down the house of God so much they don't want to be here. I'm thick. I know it's Sunday morning. I'm a, a, a God in heaven. I know it's Sunday morning, but I got to move in the spirit right now. Hallelujah to God. David's brokenness became a place of reconciliation between him and his brothers. And God is trying to cultivate some togetherness in this place. He's trying to destroy generational strongholds. He's trying to destroy curses that have tried to stop you from progressing he's trying to bless you not only was there family reconciliation but the bible says that david brought his mother and father to the king of moab the moabites and the israelites didn't get along but jesse was a descendant of moab and they put their tension aside ah and he brought his family to the king of Moab that his family might have safety. There was generational reconciliation. See, there's, some, there's been some bitterness between you and a family for 30 years. And it gets passed down to the grandkids. No, you don't hang with them. Are they going to the youth meeting? Oh, you ain't going if they going. Make sure you don't talk. Come on, Holy Ghost. Make sure you don't get too close. Make sure you don't talk to, to them too much. Come on, do you stay away because something happened 30 years ago. Something happened 40 years ago. And they don't realize that that family member, that great grandchild that wants to lay hands on your grandkid, that they might get delivered of some issues. But they can't because they know there will be family conflict if they go over the barrier that has been unmet. I'm talking in the Holy Ghost to somebody. There, there's an unwritten line. Come on, Holy Ghost. You don't talk about it. No, you know, you know how I feel about that. Let me tell you what their grandma did. Let me tell you what their grandpa did. Let me tell you what their dad did. And they're in an altar call. Cold can't feel God. And the one family. One family that you're bitter against has the honey to release the anointing. But you say, stop! And as long as I'm good with the leadership, I don't need to be good with you. It's thick in here. 
It's thick in here. It's thick. But somebody can get delivered right now. I could finish this message. I had more to say, but I want everybody to stand to your feet right now. I'm just trying to allow you to take the lid off of your spirit and get honey from whosoever wants to give it. Some people's, some people's favorite scripture is be angry and sin not. You just focus on the angry part. Because I'm just always angry. But I ain't sinning, though, you know. Come on, somebody. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Halalala mohosataya. People will be using scriptures out of context to justify bitterness. You can keep you from heaven. Oh, yeah. Baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Grudges can keep you from heaven. I, I wish I had an amen in here. I, I, got, I got 15 hand claps. Does anybody believe forgiveness can keep you from going to heaven? And it keeps the honey from flowing to generation, to generation, to generation. It's time to let it go. Because you're holding on to that thing from the past and you can't even see all the blessings happening in the present. You can't see your daughter is gaining a confidence in the presence of God that you hadn't seen. You're blinded by things happening around you. you. You can't see that your son has been reading his Bible before he goes to bed at night softly. He's been praying in a corner, praying in a prayer closet. You, you haven't seen those little blessings because you've been in a daze from what happened yesterday and last year and a decade ago. And God said, child, open your eyes. This is what I've been doing in this season, that you might open your eyes and see that I'm performing some miracles in your midst if you would just get refocused on my presence and let the pain go. I want you to grab your family member by the hand. I I had no intentions on ending this way, but the Holy Ghost did what he had to do. Can you grab your family member by the hand? And I want you to close your eyes. They're about to sing in a moment, but I want you to press in for a moment. Oh, God, let the honey begin to flow. Let the honey from heaven begin to flow. Come on, let the honey flow. Come on, close your eyes. I want you to press in. Let the honey flow. There's something coming out of this brokenness. 
There's forgiveness that's coming out of this brokenness. There's reconciliation coming out of this brokenness. There's honey that's going to flow to my prodigal. There's honey that's going to flow to my backslidden grandchild. There's honey that's going to flow. I choose to forgive because I want the honey to hit my addicted grandson. And I want the honey to, to hit my, my addicted grandchild. And I, I want the honey to begin to break down some things. I, I want honey to flow. I want healing virtue to flow. I want healing more than I want this grudge. I want honey more than I want this unforgiveness. I want the answer more than I want my own. Oh, come on somebody tap in and lift up your voice. I feel the anointing moving in this house. Oh, la Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Let me tell you this. They're about to sing. The first time Jesus broke bread was whenever he fed the 5,000. And let me tell you this, that when he, they brought it to him, it was five loaves and two fishes. And he took that five loaves and two fishes and he blessed it and he broke it and he distributed it. But look at the process. He took it. He blessed it. Then he broke it. God would not break you if he didn't already bless you. And your brokenness is a sign of your blessedness. He wouldn't allow this season to come into your life, hear me, if he didn't already pour on some blessing on you to help sustain the blow that 2020 would give you. What if I told you around this time last year, you were in a church service and you felt the presence of God in a way you never felt it when you heard Brother Kenzie preach. And as you felt it, you shook under the power of God. What if I told you that was God blessing you? That you might sustain this pandemic. The Bible says you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Meaning, you were in the mind of God before time began. You were in the mind of God before Adam was created. You were in the mind of God before the earth was created. You were in the mind of God. Here it is. But God said, I'm going to hold you in my mind. And I will not release you into time until I find the best time for you to live for me. I'm going to hold you in my mind so I will not release you in 300 B.C. No, that's not a good time for you. I'm going to hold you in my mind. I will not release you in 400 A.D. That's not a good time for you. I'm going to hold you in my mind. I will not release you in the late 1800s. You know what? I'm going to release you in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of unrest, because you're the only ones that I could trust to come out better. 
than you went in. Oh. Grab that family member by the hand and lift it up. They're about to sing, lift it up right now. And let the honey begin to flow. think you ought to just acknowledge it by clapping your hands to Jesus and thanking God that he loves us enough to speak this kind of word to us. And I receive it. And I ask that the Lord make it real to each and every one of us. And you say, well, he didn't know who he was preaching to. He was preaching to all of us. There ain't nobody in this building he wasn't preaching to because everybody goes through a time of brokenness if you're walking with God. And even if you're living life and not walking with God, you're going to go through brokenness. But at least we have the promise that when we go through brokenness, there's a honey and a blessing that'll come from it. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.